following episode contains mature themes, sexual content, and good times. Just so you know what to look forward to. Welcome to the world's most congenial podcast, where coming together feels like coming home. Wow. I'm your host, Tanya Tutitz, and joining me, as always, are Sodome Velvet and the Prime Minister, Elizabeth Barrett Boning, and we welcome you to the 10th episode of Coming Together. Damn, number 10. Yeah. yeah wow. It's our 10th anniversary. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. In each episode, we write and record a new chapter of the Ouvre Jambe Chronicles, an erotic tale about a young woman who flits about through time and space via orgasm. Either the Governor General Elizabeth Barrett Boning or Sodome Velvet write a short section, which we read on air immediately after it's written. Then the next author continues the story. But the messy process doesn't have to end there. If you have ideas for the story, we invite you to please get in touch and make suggestions on where we can go next. So, how's everyone doing on our 10 anniversary? Is that is that actually what it is? Like you yeah. write 10 on the 10th? No, well, actually, I'm saying yeah, but the only place I've seen this is in an episode of New Girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the masterpiece that was New Girl. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> we have our flaws, okay, and I do watch it a lot. <laughs> um, I'm I'm okay. I'm a bit. I feel a bit sick. Um, oh. And this whole month has been like on and off illnesses, which yeah, it's a very sexy thing. Very yeah. sexy. It's like I'm on my third one of this month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had the flu and then now I have a head cold. Yep. Wow. I guess it's like that time of year. I'm feeling hot and bothered and feverish. It's great. I mean, you are wrapped in a shawl right now, yeah, and that are. is, yeah, yeah, an indicator. Just trying to stay warm here. I don't know how I have like been okay right now. I got like a scare where like I came into contact with someone um, mm. who tested positive for COVID, but like. I, I guess I haven't been, like, on the metro or something. I don't know. I feel like it's just flu season. Yeah. Yeah, and I think our immune systems suck. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, on that extremely sexy note, <laughs> <laughs> what um, what are both of your, like, hopes for this first book is what I was thinking about recently. Because I really am enjoying our, like, character development right now. I'm, like, enjoying how she's becoming a real, real person. And also, like, throughout the entire process, I think I've loved that we, like, the three of us have, like, this weirdly, like, you know, unified idea around who she is. Like, almost intuitively, we can, like, predict what she does. And, like, the fact that, like, you two have done such a good job of, like, writing her and that I even know you know what I mean like what she's going to do makes me feel like she's such a whole person so in this first book I want to know like what both of your hopes are for either the story or her character 
I don't know. I feel like this is going to be the lamest answer I will ever give, but I don't know how many hopes <laughs> I have because I've just been enjoying the journey so much. Wow, that's Not fair. Destination. We've been having a great time, and I'm just so enjoying the process. Yes. I don't know how much more I need. More good writing and more good fun for our lovely heroine. The real orgasm was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree with Liz. I think, yeah, just exploring her more, um, getting to know. There is some mystery that we've been planting. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's what I've been enjoying, and this was not um, intentional, is just she's like t- early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really it's been really fun exploring, like turning the metaphor of like how you feel in your early 20s, like lost and you're yeah. hopping around and you're skilled, but you're not skilled. And yeah. nobody really takes you that seriously. And you know who you are, but you don't. And like, I yeah. think like turning that, like literalizing that yeah, um, has been really cool and exploring her more. Yeah, I am also really loving like all of her. I love that you said that because like I wasn't sure if it was like super intentional or not, but it was like it's been such like a fun journey like watching her kind of like whatever like figure all of these things out about herself and then like in parallel it there's just like a really great plot now. <laughs> like I actually genuinely want to know what happens like suspense wise. I think as well what I've been interested like liking exploring is just like I think I've started realizing that this time period that I'm in is not one where I can thrive as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. I think the conditions of our society are quite oppressive yeah. and sad. Yeah. So and that's kind of like a mourning process a little bit because it's just like, well, fuck, like the world does not want me to I mean, the world doesn't want most of us to be who we are, right? It's yeah. Very narrow function. So I think that's been really interesting too. To like Magnolia going through time, trying to figure mm-hmm. out where she fits in and doesn't fit in. Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. That's a big question. <laughs> no, that is such a big answer because that's like so, that. It is such a big question, but like that was that's it's honestly it's so true, and I think that there is like I do. I feel like generally I can't like find myself like super drawn to like fantasy because like it is escapist but it's escapist in a way that I feel like I'm often like trying to like fit it into my existing um you know like whatever like world views and I'm trying to like critic like critic like criticize not with the negative connotation but like literally like crit it in my head with like, you know, like the existing lenses that I have and I keep like swapping them, but I feel like there's like an intention behind like the escapism of Magnolia. So like I can really get behind the fantasy because we're like exploring all these different time periods. So there are like different, like whatever, um, you know, like social structures that we get to see or like there are different um like the same things that we experience we get to like see them handled differently in different time periods and different cultures and stuff like that so it like it still feels escapist but not in a way that I feel like 
it's an like it, it's an imposition for me to like be seeing it that way or like seeing like my politics or like seeing like other things that are whatever like reflected back at me so i've been really enjoying that part of it but also don't worry listeners this is a funny podcast we're it gross. is <laughs> It's serious, but it's not that serious. It's really not. <laughs> Seriously, but we make it fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or maybe it's just fun and we make it serious, but that's okay. It's good. <laughs> okay. Well, the way that we're going to choose who goes first today is we're going to have both Sodome Velvet and the Prime Minister Elizabeth Pony. <laughs> I don't know why that's so that's good. Yeah. Um, we're going to have both um, Liz BB and Sodome Velvet describe what they think Magnolia looks like to me. So I have an image in my head of Magnolia ouvre jambe and both Sodome and Liz BB are going to take turns describing and whoever gets it closest to what my uh, conceptualization, dare I say, of Magnolia is, is going to be the person that writes second. Okay. okay. This is embarrassing because we wrote this character, but I feel like I have not studied enough for this test. No. <laughs> like beyond the fact that she has massive tits, I don't yeah. know. I think, I think Liz VB confirmed it's canon that she has double Ds. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone has that information. Exactly. Everyone <laughs> has that information. The rest is uh, blurry. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. I, can go. Um, I do think that she's Caucasian. I think she's white. Um, like, not like pale, pale, but pretty white. Um, I think she's got straight ish brown hair. Um, the aforementioned double D's. Um, I think she's quite, um, what's the word, buxom and curvy. Like quite, I don't know, like beauty standards, but not like pencil thin, kind of like eating disorder beauty standards. Uh, <laughs> it's dark. Um, <laughs> I think she's got like an ass that won't quit. Is that descriptive? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, what else about her face? I guess like if she has brown hair, I guess she has brown eyes. I haven't really thought about it too much. Because um, like we see things through her, right? That's kind of how I see it. Like she's like a first person video game. Like you're kind of seeing like the back of them. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of imagine. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, before thinking of this, I also, like, hadn't thought that much about it because I was just imagining that we were seeing the world through her. Yeah. Like, she's not a blank slate, but she's, like, the first person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'll – I don't know. Is that a sufficient I think that is very much sufficient. Yes. Yes. Go for it, Liz. Oh, this is tough because I literally would have said the exact same thing. Wow. (laughs) That's good. That's consistent. So I feel like you're going to win and I'm fucked. Um, (laughs) You know what? Whatever. I'll just go on a different route then. 
No, but are there any are there any differences? Um, I think I w- I'm gonna say just because I want to say something different. Too bad, so sad for me. Oh fuck no, because I don't want to start. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um describe her uh, pubic area. I don't know. Yes. No. Oh. I think she's got. How like- does she? Yeah. How does she keep her pubic hair? Well, she can't be doing too anything too fancy because she's struggling with limited equipment. So yeah. I would say that her pubic hair is like 1970s shag. Um, Love it. And every time that she can find a pair of scissors, she does a little trim trim. Mm-hmm. Um, but she re- she recognizes that she can't do ever- anything more than that. You know what? That's actually exactly how I pictured it. I was like picturing she's just like trimming it for access and for yeah. cleanliness, but not for mm-hmm. like exactly. anything else. Not to look like yeah. a small child or like a rat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she must not um, shave I, like any of her body, really. There's yeah. No time, right? And yeah. she hasn't been in any time. Pe- well, I guess. No, no, she has. She could. I don't think any has. time period has been also as like. True. fixated on True. controlling how much women look like small children so yeah. <laughs> well um thinness and baldness um let's put not wrong three and seven together to yeah. make ten and let's, <laughs> let's move on because this is uncomfortable and crap i'm so sorry on our sex podcast <laughs> yes okay 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 moving on moving on <laughs> So you two were actually both very close, obviously, since you had um, almost identical things. And the only thing that I noticed for myself is different because, yeah, I did also picture her as white. Also, I was like, I imagine that it would be easiest for her to move through the world in different time periods and places as white. So like generally. Um, But I did actually picture that um, she had like curly hair. Like, I pictured, like, brown, thick, curly hair, but also, yes, I did picture um, that, like, she was, like, thicker, um, but, yeah, probably still, um, because we have talked about her assets, like, curvy, and, like, I did also picture her pubic hairstyle that way, so now I'm not really sure how to select who goes second, (laughs) because you had the same answers and none of them were wrong, except for her having straight hair. I just did control find in the doc, and yeah, we never mentioned, like, anything about her hair. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like it curly. I only imagine it curly because I imagine that she's very carefree and curly hair is Mm. when I leave my hair curly, it feels more carefree. (laughs) I like that. Okay. It's canon now. Thank you. I'm so glad. (laughs) Okay. Well, in this case. I mean, I'll go first. Sorry to ruin the game. I know it was a competition, but like I'll go first because – I think you had to go first last time, and it sucked. Like, it, it doesn't suck, but it's, like... It's harder. It's harder. Um, and it'll so. take me so long. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, like... Yeah, I was having, like, 10 minutes before, oh, no. so things are not... <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm hopped up on Tylenol. Yeah, wow. it's been I'm <laughs> not a Well... Um, I love that. Wow, what if there's fan art <laughs> from I hope there is. all the listeners out there? Please. 
email yeah, us if you want to make art. fan art that would be really cool of magnolia there it is set sodomy velvet will write first and without further ado let's get started we can't wait for you to come along with us <sighs> chapter 10 close-minded magnolia had materialized naked once more it was fucking cold and dark out her nipples hardened in the chilly air. She was surrounded by fluffy, snow-covered trees. A few icy paces away, she saw a sign that read Morningside Park. It looked familiar, but not familiar enough to determine exactly where she was. Her decadent brown curls. Yes. Nice. It's canonized now. Nice. Her decadent brown curls began stiffening as the snow buffeted her face. No, buffeted. Right? Because now it's a wind thing. Yeah. <laughs> Buffet. You know where my. Just went to town is. on her face. As a nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did. <laughs> Please. English is my second language. Her decadent brown curls began stiffening as the snow buffeted her face. She needed to get warm and quickly. She traced through the park until she found a small hospital. She peered through the glass. The automatic doors had been shut off and there didn't seem to be anyone at reception. But what she saw instead was a lost and found bin. She tried a few doors until one opened. It was still cold inside, but nowhere near as freezing. Her lusty body soon thawed, and the sudden shift from frigid to warm made her ache. She perused the bin and found a tight gray turtleneck that barely fit her, some leggings, mismatched socks, and one boot and one sneaker that fit her. <laughs> Such was life for a temporal traveler. Yeah, fair. She then looked behind the reception area and rifled through the papers. First, she found an email exchange that had been printed out. She ignored the content of the messages and her eyes went straight for the date, 2022, her year, December 21st, six months since she'd left the handsome steed in her Montreal apartment. She kept looking through the papers that had been strewn all along the desk. At last, she found an address. Scarborough Health Network, Centenary Hospital, 2867 Ellesmere Road, Scarborough, Ontario. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because, no, <laughs> that's just so funny. I have an it's... aunt that works here. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually? Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of family in Scarborough. Is like that too much very... information? <laughs> what? No, no. I think that I just wanted somewhere very mundane. And- I know, but that's just so funny. I just happen to have a lot of family in Scarborough. thousands of places you could have chosen Toronto. I know. I mean, I mean, it is like a heavily like racialized like part of Toronto, so yeah. it's a pretty high likelihood that you know someone might have family in there. If you have family in Scarborough, get in touch. Yeah, get in touch yeah. if they work. If they work at the hospital. <laughs> All right. She sat in the desk chair, which had lost all of its cushion and lumbar support. She didn't know what to do next. Would she try to get back to her apartment or would she go visit her parents? It was almost Christmas and this would be the third Christmas she'd missed. No regrets, she concluded, thinking back to having spent her last Christmas in bed with John and Jackie Kennedy. What? (laughs) Yes. Yes, um... Get some. Her eyes rose to the computer in front of her, and suddenly she had an idea. 
She logged in as a guest and typed Setsuko Ide into the search engine. She listened through each of her songs, smiling and remembering Setsuko's mouth on her clit. She tried to recall all the names of the musicians at that party. She listened to tracks by Haruomi Hosono, Yumi Arai, Taiko, Onuki, and finally, Sekiro Shigeo. She determined that his music was not for everyone. It was slow and strange and sounded a bit like you were at a church on psychedelics. She looked up his bio. Apparently, he had often been called the superstar or genius of electone, an electronic transistor, transistor organ, and critics had called his music careful as the devil and daring as the angel itself, whatever that meant. Details on his personal life were scarce, and it didn't look like he played many shows nor composed much music after the late 80s. She could hear footsteps coming her way and rushed out of the building and back into the night. She made her way to the road, still unsure of her next move. The snowfall was getting heavier. She sighed. Her next destination would be back to her parents' house in Dorval. (laughs) Ultimately, the sexiest place on earth. She had no one to share her sarcasm with and no means of getting there, so she stuck her bare thumb out and waited for a car to slow. A few did, but they weren't going in the same direction. Crestfallen, Magnolia waited and waited. Eventually, a crimson car ambled up the road and its window rolled down. Any chance you're headed to Quebec? Magnolia's breath lingered in the cold air. I'm visiting family in Repentigny for the holidays. Where do you need to go? Dorval. Magnolia thanked her lucky stars. Well, hop in if you like. Once in her seat, they introduced themselves. Jordan, they said, social worker here in Scarborough. Magnolia, unemployed and grateful for your kindness. Jordan had a short black bob haircut and deep red lipstick on that matched their gloves. Their features were angular, but their pale blue eyes contained worlds. Magnolia bit her lip. There she goes again. Mm-mm-mm. Like most road trips in Canada, the drive was long and the highways were dull and lifeless. It was late enough at night that the traffic was minimal. They talked the whole trip, mostly about family drama and trauma. After the many hours, kinship had begun to form. They bonded over not being able to be themselves with family and how anxious both of them were to visit. Magnolia extended her hand and Jordan took it. They squeezed it affectionately. There were no borders between Ontario and Quebec, but the sudden drop in road conditions were the clear signal that they'd ended the... Nice. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take it for the <laughs> There were no borders between Ontario and Quebec, but the sudden drop in road conditions were the clear signal that they'd entered the land of Putin. <laughs> nice. Yep. I like literally just imagined that it was like the roads were fine and then it was like there's like an invisible border and suddenly they're like gray cracked up potholes. I'm not, I'm not, but it's not it even an exaggeration. Is. It fully yeah. is. That. You just see the sign like leaving Ontario and then you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the car rumbled as they sped over pothole after pothole. Do you want to procrastinate a bit? Magnolia ventured. What do you have in mind? Magnolia did not answer with words. Instead, her lips crept up 
along Jordan's neck. They gasped and moaned and nodded. Yes, I want to procrastinate with you. I want to procrastinate with you all night long. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to get closer to the destination, but... It's fine now. It was too much. And I felt greedy. It felt greedy to take on more. Mm-hmm. They pulled the car into a rest area and put it in park. The snow howled outside, cocooning the car in white. And Magnolia was attentive to Jordan's needs. They'd put some of Bruce Cockburn tape on. Cool. It- I, I don't know who that is. But I like, I like the name. Oh, I see. Is Bruce Cockburn not a real person? No, it's a re- it's like a Canadian artist. It is pronounced Coburn, but I think you should say Cockburn because <laughs> I had no idea that Co- that Cockburn was pronounced Coburn. Coburn. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, please well, say Cockburn. Cockburn. Oh. What if someone's listening and they're like, I'm offended my last name is Coburn. Okay, so Too bad so sad for them. Bruce- Too bad so sad. Bruce Cockburn wrote a popular song named Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Yes, he did indeed. Well, that's what they are. They put a Bruce Coburn, Cockburn, (laughs) tape on. and Cockburn sounds so painful. It really does. (laughs) And it was very Canadian. It was horrible going out into the cold to get into the back seat, but once they were both there, things started to see- things started to heat up again. Magnolia stretched herself delicately on top of Jordan. Jordan's legs spread wide and cradling and wait. And Not Magnolia cradling herself. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Magnolia stretched herself delicately on top of Jordan. Jordan's legs spread wide and Magnolia cradling herself in between them. Jordan's lips were soft and rich and everything she needed to prepare to face her parents' wrath after six months of surfing the waves of her own pleasure around the globe. They made out, love it, they made out to wondering where the lions are. The lioness was right here. It was her. Oh, wow. I love it. And when Night Train came on, she slid down, tugging at Jordan's waistband and bearing their clit to the cold air, but more importantly, to her tongue. If only it was warm enough to get all of their clothes off. They were stunning. She placed her hands on Jordan's ass and snuggled up to their pussy. It was lightly groomed, just like her own, and warm and inviting. We do know. We do know how hers is groomed. I so, love that Liz, BB, and I decided to slaughter both. some of these details that yeah. we established the guy. at this point. I know. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. When her tongue reached Jordan's clit, they moaned and thrust their hands into her full, rich waves. Twined together like that, Magnolia circled and stroked Jordan's pink, throbbing flesh. Their back arched, and Magnolia slid a hand around, inserting her fingers into their vulva as they continued to pant and moan. Rhythmic but gentle, her tongue and fingers moved, pulling Jordan closer and closer to climax with each lap of her tongue. Jordan was writhing and shuddering under Magnolia's touch now. She reached her hand underneath their jacket, placing her cold fingers on Jordan's stomach, then reaching up to their chest. Then back down slowly as her tongue kept working its magic on their clit. 
And then Jordan exploded with pleasure, their pussy thrusting into Magnolia's mouth, their head pressing backward against a fogged window, a primal ah escaping from their mouth. Sorry, I think you need to do that again. I think you need to do that again. Come on. It wasn't a primal ah. She's not going ah when she comes. (laughs) Nobody goes ah. Earn earn your keep as narrator. When was the last time you talked to somebody and then they got off and went ah? (laughs) (laughs) It's not her fault. She's never had sex, remember? Yeah, please. (laughs) She doesn't know what it's... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Primal ah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Sorry, Here I was meant to warn you Brown. beforehand that you needed to make your best sex noise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sorry, sorry, uh-huh. I <laughs> I was going to warn you beforehand that you needed to make your best sex noise, and then I totally wow. forgot. No, it's, it's, is... funnier, it's funnier that that's what you went with. Yeah. <laughs> do it again. You're going to have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> And then Jordan exploded with pleasure, their pussy thrusting into Magnolia's mouth, their head pressing backward against the fogged window, a primal... No! Now it's so much pressure! (laughs) That's why I did I wanted to screw you over for once. Uh, Okay. (laughs) That should have been it. (laughs) No! Too much pressure! Primal uh, escaping from their mouth. Crushed it. It was fine. You crushed right? it. That was good. Well done. Thank no problem. you. I don't know what clapping sounds like on my mic, but hopefully. <laughs> I'm glad everybody was there with us for this. When Jordan's body had relaxed, Magnolia rested her head on their lap. Now, your turn, Jordan said, tugging again at Magnolia's hair. But Mag. Which hair? hair? That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Both. But Magnolia longed to go back to see her parents, despite how frustrating of a few days she knew it would be. Sorry, I'm actually on a period of personal celibacy, she lied. Happy to make other people come, especially people as ravishing as yourself, but I've promised myself I'm not going to get some for a bit in the name of self-improvement. What? (laughs) I'd be so confused. I'd be like, okay. Okay. I mean, Jordan has no idea that if Magnolia comes, she's it's gone. That's true. true. Mm-hmm. Jordan laughed, then smeared a hand against the fogged window so they could see out. The snow was still coming down. Not another car in sight. And definitely not a snowplow. Well, looks like we might be snowed in till morning, hey? And Jordan hauled out some sleeping bags from the trunk. And the Bruce Coburn album started again. (laughs) And the Bruce Cockburn album started again. And the two returned to the front seats, leaned them back as far as they would go, and fell asleep hand in hand. That's cute. Wow. That's so gentle. That's going to be a shitty sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Proud of you, Tanya. Yes. Oh, me. Thanks. I I thought we were proud of Liz BB. That was some good reading. I know that you were very embarrassed. <laughs> this is this is the most I've pulled my weight. <laughs> it didn't cross my mind before. It crossed my mind to throw Madame Velvet shit. You thought but you were safe. All of a sudden. And here I was. Yeah, getting off easy. Uh, so, so before we read this next part, I want I want the listeners to know that I had like a pit in my stomach and I was really anxious writing this. 
So like I was really feeling what Magnolia was feeling. Oh boy. It felt really real. I don't know. Was, I was like, why am I so anxious? Oh my gosh. Okay. That is so. Oh, I'm curious to read this then. Me too. Okay. Let's see. To no one's surprise, they were not well rested come morning. Coffee and food were needed, so they pulled into a diner called Chez la Marmotte. They ate greasy and griddled food and took advantage of the bottomless coffee. They talked and giggled together, and Magnolia sighed inwardly. This was always the score. Meet someone new, become infatuated, become intimate, and become intangible, leaving them behind. Why couldn't her lovers travel with her? Well, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. What's so real? You okay? Jordan looked at her, concerned. Yeah, it's just, I know, it's always a lot. They didn't press Magnolia for details, but Magnolia wanted to talk to someone about it. It's more than seeing family, though. It's just so hard. Just existing is the hardest thing we can do, especially if if who we are goes against the grain. But it's worth it. I think so, anyway. Wow, Jordan is a glass half full type of person. (laughs) But yeah, astute. Magnolia leaned over the table and kissed Jordan with her greasy lips. Just over an hour later, they were in front of the Ouvrejambe residence in Dorval. Jordan had handed Magnolia their number, and Magnolia looked at it sadly, knowing it could not go wherever she would end up. They kissed passionately. Promise me we'll see each other again. Magnolia exhaled. I promise, she said, not sure if it was the truth or a lie. Ultimately, it didn't feel up to her. She exited the car and stood on the porch, gathering her thoughts. When she was ready, she knocked on the door. A gray-haired man in a fleece sweater answered. His eyes widened when he saw his daughter. Ma petite Magnolie. (laughs) Is that actually like Magnolia in French? Magnolie, yeah, I think so. Okay. Jean-Jacques said, I forgot his name was Jean-Jacques. Jean-Jacques Jean. Jean-Jacques Jean. Jean-Jacques Jean, yes. Jean-Jacques said. the best thing about him. Otherwise, he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Jean-Jacques said quietly, then spoke loudly in the other direction. Olivia, come down, please. We have a visitor. Oh, yeah. A short woman came down the stairs. Her hair was short. Her face lined and harsh. She looked her daughter up and down, eyes lingering on the mismatched shoes. Well, considering we thought we'd never see you again, it's nice you're here. Ah, that familiar passive aggressiveness Magnolia knew all too well. Let's get you inside, her father said. Do you have any luggage? Have you seen the way she's dressed, chérie? Of course she doesn't have luggage. Our daughter is a bum. Oh, shit. Yikes. Olivia, he pleaded, let's get her inside before you start. Home sweet fucking home, Magnolia (laughs) thought. At the kitchen table, the atmosphere was colder than the frozen wasteland outside. They sat in silence until Magnolia determined that nothing she would say would be the right thing. (laughs) That... That hits very much home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope this is this is very relatable. Yeah. How have you both been? Your father had hip surgery two months ago. Would have been nice if you'd come to visit or called or shown any signs of life. Magnolia looked at her dad. I'm fine, he assured her. Will you be staying for Christmas? If I'm welcome for Christmas. 
Of course you're welcome to stay, Jean-Jacques started. Maybe call ahead next time, though, Olivia finished. Yeah, my bad. I don't have my phone. Or a home, apparently. Magnolia was quiet. What? You mean you don't know? Her mother rolled her eyes as she took a sip of tea. Your landlord called. You were six months late on rent and he had to evict you. Oh. Magnolia wasn't surprised to hear that, now that she thought about it. She wondered where her belongings were, though. I'll find a new place soon. Olivia scoffed, after which Jean-Jacques gave her a pleading look. Seemingly done with this conversation, Olivia got up. Her chair scraped against the floor. I'll make up a room for you. Ashley will be here soon, too. Man, this imagery right now. <laughs> also, like, how apt the timing. I guess that's that's why. Um, anyway. Uh, yes, Ashley, thought Magnolia. She hadn't considered her perfect sister being here and felt a little stupid in retrospect. Beloved by her parents, Ash was everything Magnolia wasn't. But those who really knew her knew that she was in fact so basic that if you dropped her in industrial grade acid, she would balance the pH. Lol. <laughs> wow, sick burn. <laughs> Get wrecked, Ashley. <laughs> she was alone with her father now. Your mother just worries, you know. She loves you. Magnolia stared at the wooden table and said nothing. If you could just try a little harder with her. Magnolia stared at the wooden table and said nothing. This was trying. Jean-Jacques threw up his hands in defeat and went to the garage to build or carve something. Anything to avoid complicated emotions. Magnolia peered outside the window and saw a car approach the house. She assumed it was Ash, but the car passed the house and parked into the driveway next to them. Out of it came a man she recognized, but only a little... It took her a moment. He looked so different since high school. He had matured. His features were manlier, sexier. His patchy facial hair was now a full beard. Damn, she thought. The years have done Walter some good. But suddenly, he noticed her at the window in her tight turtleneck, tits begging to be free of it. <laughs> he flashed her a smile and waved. He seemed very pleased to see her. She waved back, exaggerated a giggle then left the window. <laughs> what? <laughs> Walt the fuck? <laughs> also, yeah, was his it... Name is, his name is Walter the fuck. Yeah. Was it like, intentional? Fuck, like, yes, fuck, was, like, seal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seal. But, like, does... Was it intentional also that his name sounds like what the fuck? Because it literally sounds like Walt the fuck. <laughs> 100%. You, you're giving me no credit by asking that question. Well done, Sodomy. Well you done. You're it. right. You're right. I should have known. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Walt LeFuck had been the one to get who got away. Or at least he would be if Magnolia believed in the one. She'd always wanted to fuck him, but he only got cute after she'd gone on a sex strike in order to finish her senior year. And every holiday, she'd been trying not to vanish, and so had to rebuff every one of his advances. Plus que ça change, plus que ça reste le même, she mused. Nothing was going her way. Nothing was going her way here. At that moment, there was a knock at the door. Magnolia waited in the kitchen and then heard her mother cry with joy as she invited her favorite daughter in. Okay, I see now, <laughs> Sodome. Your preface. 
it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was so stressed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm feeling this. This is so relatable. Yes, there. Yeah. I was like, tick, 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 tick. Yep. Yep. Tick, 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 tick. (laughs) Been there, been there, been there. It was interesting, though, because the bit where she's like getting a horny over Walt LaFuck, it was very much like in previous iterations of her getting horny in weird circumstances, it's been funny. Yeah. But this time I just felt kind of sad. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, a bit of longing and also just a bit of, like, I feel like she was trying to run away from her problems with her horniness this time around. When where in the past running away from her problems has been, like, her problem has been, like, a giant bird or some random person that she doesn't know. So it's been, like, a little bit funny with a couple times that that's happened and this time her problem is, like, her parents so, yeah. I don't know, for me, it hit different. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little Escapism bit of that. has a lot of sides to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it definitely yeah. felt like more dark escapism this time around. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. A bit more reminiscent of, fuck, what was her name? That first... Prue? No, that first erotic novel that we wrote during a pandemic. Oh, Sasha. What yes. was it? Sasha, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sasha in the city. I, yeah, we promised listeners that uh, maybe when we're done this first book, we'll read. We'll read. We, so, ah, for context, yes. this, this podcast came out of uh, a first novel that we all wrote together. And that was yes. really fun. Well, ultimately, we didn't finish it, but we'll, we'll read. We'll read the like the origin yeah novel that became this podcast oh yes please i really want to revisit it it's yeah. hot scenes yeah. in it. it's it so was a good. bad it was a novel that fell apart yeah. because the character wasn't likable but it was yeah. really funny how yeah. like much of a bitch she was yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it could not be sustained but it was it was no funny. but for the yeah the what 20 pages that we wrote it was a good mm-hmm. time mm-hmm we're like at how many pages are we at here? We're at yeah, I was just checking. Pages. We're at like thirty thousand words. Wow. Yeah, it's getting long. Just like oh, all yeah. the fuck's dick. Nice. Maybe, we Maybe. we'll find out. <laughs> she doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. The last time she'd seen her sister had been seven months ago. She'd run into her at the post office on Fairmount and Jean Mals, and it had been Magnolia that had been the one who suggested that they go for an afternoon drink. This had been in the middle of a heat wave, and the sarcasm and judgment had dripped from Ashley's lips like the thunderstorm that was building over the West Island. Can you put your tits away? Ashley had said as they sipped their spiked lemonades. You look like you're on sale. Magnolia. Ashley, you suck. Yeah, Ashley sucks. (laughs) She's the fucking worst. Excellent. Magnolia had looked down at her chest, then at her sister's. It was comments like this that explained why she saw her sister only once every four or five months, even though they lived in the same neighborhood. She'd bit her tongue for now. She was here to try and just talk to her sister and pulled her shirt up. It was like they were 12 and 14. So, how have you been? Magnolia had offered. It's been, what, since Easter that we haven't seen each other? Ashley had smiled. Somehow, even in this humidity, her hair was stunning. Magnolia was dripping with sweat, and her own hair was a frizz ball. I got another promotion at work. 
The conversation had continued like that for half an hour, Magnolia searching for connection and, and Ashley lobbing sarcasm and boastful comments back at her. Oh, oh. that oh. hit me. <sighs> yep. They'd parted ways without so much as a hug, and Magnolia had gone home with a pit in her stomach. And now, here her sister was in front of her again, and so too the stomach ache. She would have loved to run outside and get it on with Walt, but she needed to stick around. What a shame. There's her an alternate reality where she's like, fuck this, and has yeah. steamy, steamy sex with Walt. Just yeah. wait. Just wait. Okay. Okay. Her sister had a gaping look on her face. Well, look who decided to show up for Christmas. Oh, I'm so done with her family. And we've yeah. only been here for like a few minutes. <laughs> with that, Magnolia had enough. You might consider starting with, hi, Magnolia, nice to see you. It's just, I'm surprised to see you is all. See you've dressed up for the occasion. Her mother brushed flour off her apron. Magnolia dropped in unannounced just a few minutes ago. Ugh, fuck her mom. (laughs) It was always her father that came in to save her from the tirade of sarcasm. And we are happy to have her here with us. Right, Olivia? Okay, but can we talk about her father for a sec? Because, like, this happens all the fucking time where he gets to be the good guy because he is afraid of conflict and it's not actually that he's the good, you know? Like, oh, uh, when, when you wrote in the last section that he like, you know, went off to like carve something or do something with his tools, I was like, yeah, he's only here when it's like convenient to him. And like, mm-hmm. if it requires any heavy lifting emotionally, he's out. I hate yeah. that. I yeah. hate that analysis yeah. Right. Absolutely. His father is not blameless. Or her father is not blameless no. in this. No. Yeah. So Definitely. You yeah, yeah, you set up the vibe exactly correctly. <laughs> I understand him. Um and we are happy to have her here with us, right, Olivia? Olivia nodded a curt consent and then swept back into the kitchen. Come help me get dinner on the table, girls. The evening passed more or less the same, backhanded comments lobbed back and forth, and she went to bed early, too frustrated frustrated and tired to stay up and socialize. The next morning, she woke with the winter sun. She fixed herself breakfast in the kitchen, tears coming, swimming in her eyes. What had been her objective? Is it the first time she's cried? Is it? Did she cry when she left Prue? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She left. She left behind like a tear or something. Oh, okay, never mind. Or was it Prue that left? I can't remember. Anyways, she has been around tears, but not many of them. I don't think Prue knew she was going to disappear. Yeah. Oh, true. Mm -hmm. Anyway, oh no, sad. I don't want her to cry. I know. What had been her objective in coming back here was it not to reassure her parents? to connect with them and feel a sense of stability that she hadn't had in six months or five years or the length of a wet dream, depending on how you felt like measuring time. And here they were after all this time, barely even able to offer a smile at her presence. And then she looked out the window and saw Walt in his driveway. Her heart raced with rage and desire. This was her chance to get back out, to get back out of here. Why on earth would she bother spending Christmas with a bunch of people who clearly didn't give a rat's ass about her? She'd much rather spend it fucking a hottie on the beaches of Hawaii or in the forests of Argentina. She strode to the door and threw it open, cooing at Walt in a voice smooth as honey. Cooing. Cooing. 
Walt. As a dove. As a dove, yeah. yeah. Walt, is that you? He looked up from the mailbox, letters in hand. Oh my God. Magnolia ouvre jambe? It's been how long? You're looking good this morning, she said, sauntering over to him. Sauntering over. Sauntering. He blushed, leaning against the brick of his house. I'd have to say the same about you. The rage continued to fill her chest. She thought about her mother's comments last night. Do we count on seeing you in the morning? What a bitch. Wow. (laughs) Well, if that was going to be the vibe, the answer would be no. You know, I saw you yesterday in the window. At this, Walt nodded. She drew one step closer to him, reaching up to whisper in his ear. And then I had a dream about fucking you. We did it, doggy, against this car. She'd take him right here in the cold if it meant getting out of here. Oh, I don't recommend that. Imagine if your parents saw that. Yeah. You know. Get ready. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She glanced down and noticed that his package seemed a little more full than when she'd first stepped outside. What do you say? She continued. Want to make my dreams come true? Magnolia. I want to channel her in every aspect of my life. <laughs> but Just then, the boldness, the lack yeah. of consequences. Well, there's some consequences. There's I mean, some she consequences. Is homeless. Yeah. But then she heard the side door of her house creaking behind her. Get your slutty hands off, my boyfriend. <gasps> Came her sister's voice, sour as milk. Ooh, sweet as honey, sour as milk. I like it. Ooh, like it. yeah. Poetry. Magnolia spun around, face burning, eyes darting between her sister and this hard hottie in front of her. <gasps> oh my gosh. What a cliffhanger. Yes. I am so into it. <gasps> okay, so Walt sucks. Yeah. Not a great guy. It's it's decided. She's not nah. fucking Walt. It's not happening. He's yeah. a dick. But I want it. <laughs> I know. I wanted it too. But then let's BV through a curveball. Corey, it came to me and I was like, I have to do this for, for the next episode. It needed to be a cliffhanger. And this was the first thing that came to Yeah. This is a good cliffhanger. Also, I was toying with the idea that Walt was going to like finish real fast and not make mm-hmm. it come. Anyway, I was like, Honestly, I want to keep her around. Like, I maybe mean, the buildup sucks, and that's yeah. reality. Yeah, I mean, he's a hot guy in the West Island. I mean, it would not be unlikely. <laughs> we just lost our huge following in the West no, Island. No, no. <laughs> our huge no following. You know what? This is a blanket statement that applies to all entitled cis straight men. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not after two minutes. Communicate, communicate with your partner. Yeah. Ask them what they want. Yeah. Listen to what they want. <laughs> Do what they Do want. Do what they want for a bit and not exclusively what you want. <laughs> yeah. Learn the wonderful world of clit stimulation. Yes. Because mm-hmm. exactly. your dick is not enough. In out, in out is not enough. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. I cannot wait to find out what happens. Same. It. So good. So listeners are going to have to wait till after Christmas for the Christmas episode again. (laughs) If she sticks around that long, it's like what? So wait, it was the 21st when she drove, then the 22nd in the morning. So it's the 23rd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She could could still yeet the fuck out of there before Christmas. But I feel like for her own character development, I don't want her to leave on like this horrifically shitty note with her parents because then it puts her 
in a situation like right now she is clearly fucking to to get the fuck out of there and that's mm-hmm. not what i want for her going forward so if we i feel like mm-hmm. we need to find a, a way to like resolve or come to some kind of better conclusion about her situation with her parents otherwise yeah it's like why keep writing this character that's just like running away from her problems well, or maybe yeah. we find another way for her to like yeah anyways i want there to be even if it's maybe it's like a long-term issue that we're setting ourselves up for i have some ideas yeah. but i will not share them at this okay. time i'm interested because yeah <laughs> This could go in so many directions, mm-hmm. like the relationship with her parents thing. Like she could decide on so many things and they could decide on a lot of things. Yeah. So like, yeah, I am mm-hmm. intrigued. Wow. Amazing. Yes. Um, do you want to know the next chapter title? <gasps> yes. Okay. So this one was called Closed Minded. Yeah. Next one is called Open Legged. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I love it so much. Yes, it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So socials, Twitter, pod come together, Facebook, just type in the coming together podcast, Uh, Instagram, pod come together, but the T-O is a two because pod come together was taken. (laughs) I I actually should look up what that is. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's about whale pods. Probably. I I hope it's like some like really gentle like community building podcast that's like we we all come together. As is ours. We are not the only coming together podcast out there, which like marketing wise was a bad move on our part, but you know what? It is what it is. But a lot of I think most of them are about like Christianity. That tracks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They just didn't think about the double genre. <laughs> if uh, if it's too chaotic to just listen to this podcast, you can find the written chapters on Medium and read along with us. Um, oh, and our email is podcometogether at gmail.com if you want to write longer form responses, critiques. Yes. And if you have ideas on what I should name the first book. Yes. It's coming yes. up. Miss Titty yeah. still has to. Is it coming out? I don't know. I'm just saying that. It's- I don't know how long the book is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Wow. Well, we'll be back here for the second part of this special episode in a month.